Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who told you that? No one. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online show. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Toro here. And it's rivalry week, folks. SEC play has arrived, and uh, Tennessee is coming to town for, Nick, I don't know when the next time we'll be able to say that with SEC scheduling uh, switching up. So we'll get into that. We will obviously get into the matchup in the swamp. Sold-out crowd, 7 p.m. Fans are encouraged to wear blue. So they'll have a uh, blue out going and – uh, definitely looking forward to uh, getting into all of it today, including some Vols mm-hmm. talk with Eric Kane from VolQuest.com of the On3 Network. But first of all, Nick, we're going to get into some uh, some of our thoughts on this matchup uh, before we get into the keys to the game at the end. How are you doing, my friend? Doing well. A lot easier to like get up for. And listen, we're not strapping pads on. Uh, you're welcome, <laughs> Gator, Gator fans. That would be ugly. Um it's uh although it's a lot you would probably to... be an excellent punter. Uh, I don't know if I have the flexibility in the hamstrings for that anymore. Um, but interesting, make a quick note: Tennessee's punter punts with his left and his right feet. Apparently, he's been better with his left foot this year. Oh, but, I saw a story about that. Yeah, buddy, I am all here for ambidextrous punters. <laughs> that is exciting. Um a lot easier to get up this week for the fans, for us. Like, listen, we have dream jobs, dude. We cover college football, basketball, baseball. Um, they pay us to watch sports and, and write essays on the internet, talk about it here. Um, so it's a fun job, but like, it's a lot easier. It's a much more fun week when it's Tennessee. Uh, no disrespect for the Cowboys uh, from, from McNeese. Yeah. And we definitely need to, to obviously mention that as well. The Gators, uh, we're able to get a 49 to seven feel good win in the swamp. Uh, really exactly what they needed. You guys saw a rapid reaction on our YouTube channel, but, um, you know, they quickly, you know, turned the page Nick on that. But I think that that, that was something that was needed for, for a team that, um, you know, I think had lost some confidence coming out of week one for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, can you hang your hat on anything that Florida did? If you're a fan, like, no, uh, to steal a line from Billy Napier, independent of the opponent. Like, yeah, it's still McNeese, but I think it's big. And I said, right after the game, Zach, just to have that feeling again, Florida had lost four straight, just to have the feeling of like the hard work that you put in Monday to Friday, uh, Sunday to Friday, the hard work you put in in the spring and in the summer, um, in fall camp, like, being able to get the spoils of victory. You haven't had that feeling in a while. So for yep. Florida, for the players, for the coaches, staff, the whole record label, Zach. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's important for them to get that feeling back. Now, it's going to be a different story this week. A much difficult, much more difficult opponent. Um, way bigger challenges. And, and you're going to face some adversity. Uh, but yeah, yep. I think just getting a win, 
seeing some positivity, seeing the plays work, executing the plays uh, and the game plan, I think that goes uh, goes a long way just for the mentality of the team. Yeah, and I think they, they needed to have that, obviously, going into this matchup, which we'll get into now. But before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to birds, birddogs.com. And as you see Nick uh, rocking his hat, you can get one of those if you go to birddogs.com slash gators and use our promo code gators in all caps. And not only do they have that nice hat, but they got the khaki shorts, they got the polos. We've been able to enjoy it all. Uh, you know, the khaki shorts have been a, become a favorite of Nick's. And, uh, you know, the, he's, a, he's a Lululemon guy. So it was easy for him to kind of adopt those because these khaki shorts do the same thing. Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts. Uh, that, you know, they give you a truly sculpted look and, you know, they use the anti stick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, myself, I really enjoyed the polos as well. And uh, we got the hat on deck. So make sure you go to birddogs.com slash gators and use that promo code to get one for yourself. And we're definitely uh, going to be watching a lot of the storylines that are going to take place on Saturday night. You've got a uh, Somewhat of a rematch, I guess, Nick, between Mertz and Milton. Uh, you know, two uh, Big Ten uh, transfer quarterbacks now facing off in the swamp. Joe Milton says he never loses in Florida, although he has literally lost in Florida with the Tennessee Vols, uh, starting out that 2021 season as the starter, let's not forget, uh, until he got hurt. And then they both split reps in that Florida game, and then Hendon Hooker, the rest is history. Um, but you know, yeah. the last time uh, Joe well, like came he, to the swamp, it wasn't great. Like he also played high school football here and I don't think he was undefeated in high school, but like, listen, if I'm a Tennessee volunteer fan, love that attitude. Like, give me more <laughs> of that. Um, just don't fact check it, <laughs> I guess. Um, I, I think Joe Milton is going to be a huge storyline. Like, listen, like, this is not the same Tennessee offense. Hendon Hooker was a phenomenal quarterback, especially in that system. Joe Milton has not shown that he can operate the passing game in the same way that Hooker did. So oh, they've been running the ball, but they run the ball well. And when I look at when I look at their running backs and I look at Florida's, I'm like, yeah, maybe a wash, a toss up. Which one's better? Like very similar. You've got two really good guys, a third very capable back there as well. Um, to me, it's Florida's going to have to stop the running game. And if I'm Austin Armstrong, it's keep Hendon Hooker in the pocket, make him beat us with his arm. If if we lose the game, that's a Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton, make Joe Milton beat us with his arm. If we lose the game because Joe Milton threw for 375 and four touchdowns, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll yeah. live with that, you know, uh, dust ourselves off, go back to the drawing board. But I think Florida's going to try to contain the running game. Um, easier said than done. Um, sure. and keep Milton in the pocket. Listen, this is a big guy. <laughs> Joe Milton is big, strong, uh, tough to bring down and can run, can create with his legs. So, um, don't have like a, a flashback to November 25th last year. I only know the date cause it's my birthday when Jordan Travis ran wild on you. So yeah. I think there's a big emphasis on tackling and keeping Milton contained in the pocket, make him, make him show that he can beat you with his arm. Who do you give the advantage to at the quarterback spot? Um, like coin flip too. Um, I think Milton is far superior. Sure. Athletically. I know where you're um, going with that. <laughs> God given talents, like 
like uh, I'm gonna get my, I'm not gonna get myself in trouble, Zach. What I was telling you yesterday, Joe Milton is way more athletic than Graham Graham Mertz. Uh, but who's going to execute their game plan better on Saturday? Is Yeah, like when, when I look at Graham, um, and, and I talked to Eric about this earlier in the week, he asked like, man, uh, Graham Mertz is completing almost 75% of his passes. And then, you know, I, I do a little deeper dive. Um, and like, yeah, but I think those numbers are inflated. 35 of Mertz's 45 completions have been on short passes. I'm talking not going more than 10 yards in the air, nine yards or fewer. Um, so to me, it's like, yeah, Graham Mertz is, is executing. The numbers look good, but it's a product of what he's been asked to do. And I've said that all along, all offseason. Graham Mertz, I think, to me, is a game manager. I don't think that should be a diss or a dirty word. He's doing what he's being asked to do at a high level. Uh, yeah. He's taking what the defenses are giving him and presenting for his offense and doing that at a high level. Now, this will be a much bigger task uh, than McNeese was. And a big question mark for me in a storyline to watch, can you keep Graham Merch Jersey clean? Tennessee has some dogs off the edge, a really yes, big interior do. defensive line, 11 sacks, I think 25 tackles for loss. Florida allowed Graham to get sacked five times at Utah. That's much more of a similar front seven that you're going to see than you saw last week. So for me, a big key of the game will be, can you keep Graham Mertz upright? And if you can't, what are you going to do outside of that and then i look back to the passes the passing game what florida's done short get the ball out get the ball in space to ricky pierce all eugene wilson or to the running backs and nick another storyline for me and we've got a lot of people in the comment section asking about it christian um is the running game for the gators obviously they were not able to get it done uh against utah and uh, that was something that they <laughs> seemed to emphasize against mcneese 327 rushing yards and as we all know, for the long history of this rivalry, whoever wins the rushing battle wins the game. That tends to be the case. And, you know, that's something that Florida is going to be able to have to, to establish in this game. And uh, it's not going to be easy, though, against this Tennessee defense. Currently, they rank number one in the SEC um, or, or excuse me, uh, the, the rushing offense uh, ranks a number uh, 30 or six in the SEC, number 32 nationally. They've only been giving up 87 yards a game. Nick mentioned that they get after the quarterback, but they've also do, doing a great job defending the run. So, you know, that that running uh, game and certainly Florida's offensive line, are they going to be able to open up, open up run holes? We asked Trevor Etienne yesterday how much uh, Kingsley being back in practice this week, who's returning at the center spot, has helped. And you saw his eyes kind of light up and, saying there's been a lot more holes in the run game. So that's something that's going to have to show up. They, they're going to need to get ETN and Montreal Johnson going. Uh, obviously, they've been more involved in the passing game as well. I think we'll see that. But they got to get it going on the ground. Yeah, and it, it's going to be a tougher task. Um, so what we saw at Florida, what we saw at Salt Lake City was Florida kind of go away from that running game. And, and I don't know that Florida's built offensively this season, certainly not at this point through two games to come back down to possessions, especially with the new clock rules. And when the game gets later, and I know Billy's been very politically correct when, when asked hmm. about that and it's, you know, well, the state's still looking for like data to come in, but just being there, Zach, like you're down in the field, I'm up in the press box. The game certainly seemed to go by quicker yeah. uh, other than uh, I guess the added commercial breaks, you know, uh, shout out to Chip Kelly telling ESPN to uh, hope you're selling a bunch of commercials. But um, I don't know that Florida 
is going to be able to run that successfully, but I don't want to see them go away from it that early. Yeah. Like if it's they not working it right away, game. don't abandon it right away. Exactly. Don't abandon it in the first, you know, in the, in, in the first quarter, if it's not working right away. Um, and, and I think Florida will probably look to slow the game down offensively. We've been getting a bunch of questions from fans about Billy, like, Hey, why is the, the pace of the offense so slow? I think it might be purposefully slow uh, this week. Cause you've got a formula one race car of an offense on the other sideline and you might want to see if you can hold the ball a little bit and, and let that defense catch its breath. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, the, I think, in, you know, for this game, Nick, and, and we'll kind of get into this at, at, at a little bit more in the end, but you know, we've seen Florida do a lot better job when they came back home for their home opener. Uh, but it's, you know, the penalties and the mental mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot if they're going to upset the number 11 team in the swamp, which is what it would be, they're underdogs in this game. They're not going to, they can't beat themselves. The margin for error is very small in this matchup for Florida, and they're going to have to play a clean game in order to uh, be in position to win it at the end. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's a surprise, you know, to, to anyone that hears that that's hearing you say that, you know, like the margin of error was going to be, slim for this team um we had a huge question mark about graham mertz i mean he had a bunch of interceptions at wisconsin just the one this year on, on a ball that either should have been caught or maybe knocked down by ricky pearsall so how does graham mertz handle pressure because there's going to be pressure this week and, and if florida is turning the ball over um i don't know that they can come back from that and no. transversely florida has no turnovers on defense um through two games, only two sacks, and and yep. both of those and came safety. against McNeese. Um, so we've heard a lot about havoc and aggression and 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 aggressive defense, and I think we've seen that, but we just haven't seen it get home yet. I guess is the way to say it. No doubt, and you know we got another question here from uh, Ruben Nick, who we ran into. Shout out to uh, shout out to security Ruben treating us yeah. nice out there in Salt Lake. Yeah, man, he was there. Obviously did not uh, get the result that he was hoping for, seeing his Gators come out there to Salt Lake. But nonetheless, uh, you know, Ruben, I, I think exactly what you're asking about uh, is probably had a lot to do with what led to that result was was Graham Mertz not getting protected. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they're probably going to get to him at some point in this game. I'll be very surprised if Florida doesn't give up any sacks. But I do think that Kingsley uh, Guacan coming back is going to make a huge difference. Um, I just, you know, you heard Trevor Etienne talk last night, not only about how he's impacted the run game, but just, you know, the leader that he is on the field and the way he communicates and his voice and kind of the, the, the anchor that he is on that offensive line. So um, because of all the new pieces in there, because of some of the young guys in there to have him back as that veteran um, that should help. <laughs> Just at, you know, out of the gate, and then obviously something else that they can do is is get the ball out quickly, and that was you know some of their game plan against Utah. It was effective, uh, but they also, as Nick said, they they can't just abandon the run game as well. They're going to find ways to get get success there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it's it's a big thing to get Kingsley back. It's not, yeah. and, and it's not saying anything bad about Slaughter. I don't know that Kingsley Aguakin is, you know the kind of impact that like Osiris Torrance was. I don't think he's like a first team All-American, but this is a guy who played 26 straight or started 26 straight games, has 40 um, 
career games. He's the guy that kind of made the motor go. And all those hats that the offensive lineman wear, Zach, like five equals one. Mm-hmm. They rolled out there in Utah. And that the, those five, that was the first time those five have been playing next to each yep. other. Um, no so when you get Kingsley back, I think you're back more in the mix of, of guys who are familiar playing with each other. And, and I've said it a bunch of times on here. Offensive line's a position where all it takes is one guy doing the wrong thing. Like if, if the wide receiver on the boundary runs the wrong route, cool. There's three other guys running routes. You can figure it out. If yeah. an off- one offensive lineman makes a mistake, uh, you know, it, it ends up with that offensive lineman usually picking the quarterback up. Yeah. And, and you know, this is, this is a, a lot of what we're going to get into in, in the final segment of the show as we break down the keys to the game. But now we're going to bring you guys some Tennessee perspective, and that's going to be with Eric Kane from VolQuest.com, uh, who's going to join us here in just a moment. But before uh, we bring him in, uh, I want to give a shout-out to My Perfect Franchise, uh, as, as we do each and every week. Uh, if you are ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, looking for a side hustle while working your current job, wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy. Andy can help. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling and texting him at 404 973 9901. And now we're going to uh, be joined by uh, Eric from VolQuest.com. Uh, for the second time on this show, as a visitor last year, and, and now we're back at it. Eric, uh, appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, it is uh, rivalry week. SEC ball is here, and uh, this, this rivalry is renewed. You know, I, I mentioned it, uh, you know, with Nick uh, at the start of the show, but, you know, they're, they're coming to Gainesville. Florida scheduled to go to Knoxville next season. But after that, we don't necessarily know what the future of this rivalry holds and, and when they're going to you know, be matched up again, depending on if they go to eight or nine games. Uh, so I think fans definitely should cherish these next two matchups because it may be a few years before they play again. Um, you know, First of all, before we get into Saturday's game, uh, what have been your early impressions on Tennessee so far this season, Eric? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been really impressed with Tennessee's defense so far. Understanding you played Virginia and you played Austin P, so it's not like <laughs> you played Florida or Alabama or LSU. That's, um, that's the the fans on Twitter have not seemed to uh, stress that to me while they've been yelling at me this week, Eric. <laughs> You've made a lot of friends, Nick. I've made something. <laughs> I've been impressed with Tennessee's defense. Uh, they, they play a lot of players, and that's something that they've been reluctant to do in years past uh, with Tim Banks the last two years. So it's good to see. I mean, Rodney Garner always has a healthy rotation up front. You know, they're playing 10 to 12 guys up front. Uh, they want to play more linebackers, but unfortunately with the Keenan Peely injury, um, they're, they're being forced to now, and that's going to yeah. hurt. But Aaron Beasley's been really good to start the season there. And then the back ends look fine so far, but all that's going to be tested. Um, all that's going to be tested for sure this week. Um, but I've been impressed with how they've been getting pressure to the quarterback. I've been impressed with Tennessee offensively running the football. I think Jalen Wright has looked really, really good. And, um, you know, they, they've been out of sync of sorts to begin the year in the in the throw game, mm-hmm. uh, throwing the football down the field. Um, 
you know, Joe Milton's thrown some good balls. Uh, he threw some not so good balls last week. He also had receivers drop like five catches. So it's it's been uh, it's been a thrill of men in that regard. They got to fix that for sure. But overall, it's been all right. But a huge test coming up. They got to do some uh, some good things in order to uh, you know have a chance to win this football game uh, down in Gainesville. And, and what what's the sense of uh, just the fans? Well, we we'll get into like game game plan and stuff. But what's just the sense of the fan base? It feels like. Tennessee every so often comes down to Gainesville or Florida's going up there and, and Tennessee's picked and they're favored to win. Uh, but specifically here in Gainesville, there have just been uh, clutching defeat from the jaws of victory games for the Vols. Just how do, what's, what, is there a trepidation? Is there like a nervous energy? Is there unbridled confidence? What's the fan base in Knoxville feeling this week? I think nervous energy is a, is a great way to phrase it because I think Tennessee's confident. I mean, Tennessee does – know it has a good team you know fans know they have a good team they have more depth they have more playmakers than they have in quite some time now uh again with the with the uh you know throwing issues last week with joe milton and the receivers that's given some anxiety a little bit i feel like but overall i mean i think tennessee fans are confident in the team and and know that you know they have a really good opportunity more so than a lot of years Mm -hmm. to go down there and pick up a, a win first time potentially since 03 so uh, but it, it's always nervous. I mean, we've seen the way these games have ended. Uh, we've seen uh, a couple of years where one team just looks on paper and on tape better than the other one, but the other team finds a way to win or, you know, Tennessee finds a way to it's give it to Florida, Florida or whatever <laughs> the case is. So I think yeah. nervous energy is a great way to describe it, but confidence as well. I, I know, Nick, you said that, um, you know, Florida fans are also confident just because historically uh, they should be confident. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that on both sides. One question that uh, a lot of Florida fans and I think Florida media members obviously had for for Billy this week was how the program was handling the Florida-Tennessee rivalry and how it's being emphasized. And, um, you know, I I think we learned that that they kind of have done some things to educate the players about it. You've got Brandon Spikes on staff, and uh, he's kind of been driving home that a little bit this week. How does Josh Heupel treat this rivalry inside his program? How the players – and coaches talked about it. Do they do anything in terms of hanging up stuff or playing highlights or putting gator heads in the urinal or they're like any insight <laughs> into kind of kind of uh, how they're treating this in Knoxville inside the football building? Yeah, I mean, they haven't really said anything specifically about kind of education on, on this robbery or anything like that. But, you know, Josh Hoppel got up and met with the media first thing on Monday and, you know, recapping the Austin P game. And he said, hey, Looking forward to Florida. You know, this is why you come to coach at Tennessee. This is why you come to play at Tennessee. These types of games against your rival, against one of the best teams in the SEC, you know, historically, and, you know, good players. And so there's a lot of excitement in the air right now. Um, I was speaking with a former Tennessee running back uh, for a podcast that's going to come out on game day, Jabari Davis, who had a really nice career uh, against Florida specifically. And um, he said that, you know, it it was taught to them back in January that you start preparing for Florida in January, like your your Mm. offseason workouts, the extra work you put in, the the reps, the laps you run, all that type of stuff. It's for Florida. So I found that very interesting. Sure. uh, Just kind of going back to this rivalry. But as far as, you know, right now, this current staff, I mean, I'm sure they talk about it. I'm I'm, I'm sure they know what it is. But, you know, Heupel, just like all the coaches, but Heupel is very, you know, not just another game, but you got to focus on what's in front of you. Focus on what's in front of you. Do what you got to do, and then worry about the uncontrollables later. So, 
we'll see exactly what it looks like. But uh, Heupel seems really excited and, and really thrilled to be coaching and, and have this opportunity to, to take the team down there this weekend. It's a little bit of a different offense, and, and, and I've always thought that it's a quarterback-friendly offense. I think Josh Heupel, if he gets a quarterback that fits his system, now I think there is a lot that they have to know, learn, and process, uh, and that's probably why Hendon Hooker was so great. Um, but it, it does seem a little different. It seems like the long passes are kind of more over the middle, not those you know potential uh, uh, on the other side of the hash, 50-50 potential PI balls. Um has the offense changed because of the quarterback or just because of how good the, the running back room is, or maybe is it maybe a mixture of both? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, one thing about Josh Heupel is, you know, every quarterback that he's had, he kind of adapts the offense to the strengths of that quarterback. You could do so much with Hendon Hooker. Um, he could do so much with Drew Locke back in the day, you know, Dylan Gabriel, um, you know, all those guys had success with Josh Heupel, you know, at quarterback. We've already seen, a lot more, you know, perimeter game, quick passing stuff, a lot more getting the running backs active in the passing game and just two games here than we've seen a lot in the last two years, you know, with Hendon Hooker. So, and again, that, that's no sl uh, slouch on Joe. I just think it's, uh, you, you kind of tailor your game plan to who you have under center. But to your point as well about the run game, you know, Tennessee always makes an emphasis to run the football, led the nation in rushing touchdowns last year. I think it averaged 199 yards rushing last year. The year before that, it was over 200. So they've always been a good running team, but you know Jalen Wright has kind of taken a step. I mean, he's clearly you know the guy this year. And Jamari mm -hmm. Smalls also had a pretty solid start to his season as well. And, and if you are struggling throwing the football right now, having that run game to rely on uh, to, to get the tough yards to you know set you up in second, short, and third, and manageable, not behind the sticks. You know, that just feeds into the confidence and, and easier plays to call for Joe Milton on third down. So um, we'll kind of see what, what's happening. I mean, the th for, for Joe Milton and the receivers, I mean, the receivers have not helped him out whatsoever. Uh, been a fumble, a lot of penalties. Uh, Romel Keaton had a, literally a 70-yard pass just dropped uh, down the far numbers. It was a beautiful ball and just dropped. He could have walked into the end zone. Um, and Joe's been a little inaccurate as well. So we'll see if they can bounce back from that. But the run game has been massive so far. And I think mm -hmm. that you're just calling the game to kind of fit the strengths of your personnel. Hey, let me jump in real quick again, Zach. If, if I'm, if I'm Austin Armstrong, I think I, <laughs> I need to slow down the running game and I need to keep Joe in the pocket. If I'm going to do that, maybe mm -hmm. I'm committing another guy to the box and asking my guys to play one-on-one -on -one, man coverage mm -hmm. on the outside with a single high safety, perhaps how have, I think Brew McCoy and great name squirrel, right? Um, <laughs> how have they been able to create separation and are they guys that can take advantage of man-to-man -man coverage and, and maybe win some of those matchups? You don't think so. That's what Tennessee wants. Tennessee wants one-on-one -on -one matchups, but speaking with Kelsey Pope, a Tennessee wide receiver coach earlier in camp. And the question was asked about, you know, translating from, you know, college to the NFL, because, you know, guys under Hypel often kind of say, oh, well, it's just they play in that system. They play in that system. Well, Kelsey Pope was saying, hey, in our system, we want to create one-on-one -on -one matchups. And that's mm -hmm. all the NFL is. And you saw that with Jalen Hyatt. You saw that with Cedric Tillman. You've seen that with Brew McCoy. Uh, even Ramel Keaton as well a little bit last year as well. So um, that's what Tennessee wants to do. And in the first two games, you know, with Austin Peay and Virginia, they were essentially, I know, Nick, you said this about McNeese kind of doing something similar with, with uh, Florida. It's just saying, hey, we're, we're going to play too high. You know, we're going to, we're going to back up Joe Milton. You got a cannon. Sure. But we're going to keep everything in front of us. And so, yeah, run the football, whatever. You're not going to beat us over the top. 
Now, if sure. you're Florida and you get into some of these other SEC you know, games, you know, th- these guys got players. And so I, I anticipate seeing another guy in the box trying to slow down that run. I anticipate seeing a single high safety and saying, all right, Joe Milton, let, let's see kind of kind of what you got here. And then if you hit a couple, then maybe you, you adjust a little bit. But you know, Brew McCoy, he's not the fastest. He's so physical. Um, he's definitely you know capable of getting some separation. Uh, Squirrel White's more the underneath guy, but he's one of the fastest guys on the team. Romel Keaton is a deep threat for sure. He, we've seen that in years past. And Dante Thornton, the transfer from Oregon, long, explosive. I mean, he's all we heard about all offseason. He's done nothing so far in two games. Uh, but the way they talk about him, he certainly could be a guy that stretches the field vertically as well. So we'll see. Brew McCoy created fantastic separation uh, from his first two schools. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he also had a good game against Florida last year. Yes. Yeah, I did. I, mean, <laughs> I thought that's what I thought that's where you were going, for, Nick. No, it was a five star for a reason. It was just, uh, just a little sarcasm. Uh, we're it's, speaking it's with fair too. It's fair sarcasm. Tennessee fans is. are like, don't care. He's here now. <laughs> yeah. He ended up at our school. Yeah. Um, we're speaking with Eric Kane from VolQuest.com. Eric, I want to ask you more about Tennessee's defense. Obviously, they've had a really good start to the season. They've improved their personnel. What are where are the concerns still? And, and what are some you know potential spots that that could be problematic against Florida? Yeah, I think you start from the back end and work your way up. Um, you know, the secondary was very bad last year to put it blunt defense overall took a step and i mean you look at uh the south carolina game which was horrendous for tennessee but you know that was kind of a one-off a little bit i mean i know florida came back and anthony richardson had the game of his life and looked like all that anthony richardson could uh, but for the most part tennessee's defense kind of took a step in the right direction now um the secondary was not. Tennessee was really good against the run. The secondary was just not good. But you returned pretty much everybody. And yeah. you added to it with Gabe Judy Lolly from BYU and some of these other uh, you know, freshmen who are creating some more depth. And so so far through two games, it hasn't been horrible. Um, you know, we'll see obviously, you know, this week and we'll see if Jalen McCullough has improved to the safety position. We'll see if Denico Slaughter is, is truly a lockdown corner like we like the coaches think that he can be. Uh, but there's certainly some question marks in the secondary. You move up the linebacker. Again, you felt great about that position coming into the season. You lose Keenan Peely, and now it's like, okay, these young guys have got to grow up now. It's not going to be a mm-hmm. slow burn. It's now. And uh, Aaron Beasley might be the best player on the football team right now, and he's been really productive. Um, but but other guys are going to have to step up alongside him. So those are kind of what the, the, the concerns would be maybe defensively. Uh, it's that secondary for sure. They're going to get their first true test this week, and we'll see if they're actually any better. And we've got a question from Ray's fan. He wants to know, do the Vols have anyone that can cover one, three, and four? And that's Pearsall, uh, Eugene Wilson, and Caleb Douglas. I think specifically, you know, interested to know from you, Pearsall and, and Eugene Wilson in the slot. I mean, who who are the guys that you think they will try to match up against them, especially Eugene, who's probably the most electric receiver Florida has? Yeah, in the slot, they'll have, of course, you know, safety will come down and help. There's star player, Tamarian McDonald, as well as Brandon Turnage, uh, plays a lot of slot. Um, safeties will come down and help with Jalen McCullough, Wesley Walker. Um, and then Pearsall, man, I remember him last year. Tennessee couldn't tackle him. I mean, Tennessee yeah. couldn't tackle a lot of people as well. Uh, but uh, a guy that opposing fan bases love to hate on, and it's fair because he 
if you remember the South Carolina game, he would get burned and get up talking crap. And it's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> um, I think he did that against Florida a little bit last year, too. Kamal had number five cornerback. Um, he had a really good offseason, really good offseason. We were expecting him to go to the transfer portal, to be honest. Um, mm. But he stayed, had a good offseason, and he's one of Tennessee's starting cornerbacks. And he's he's really physically gifted. He is, like, when he's doing the right things. He got flagged for defensive pass interference a couple of times last week because he's not turning his head and he's running into the receiver. But when he's doing the right things, he's physically gifted. And I think he's had, like, a really good start to the season. So, you know, maybe they, they, they try to get him on those guys and try to get physical with the line of scrimmage and, and whatnot. So we'll see. Those are three really good receivers. I, I Yeah, I'm intrigued to watch um, Eugene Wilson, his career kind of materialize because I've heard a lot of good things about him. No doubt. Fun, fun player to watch. Uh, no. want to see, <laughs> fans want to see more of him. Um, it, it'll be From interesting. The suburbs, I, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, nice little pedigree. Dad played in the NFL as well. Yeah. Um, I got to call him Trey. Eugene Wilson the third. Um, Florida just announced today that it will be a sellout. What, if any, uh, impact do you think that could have on Joe Milton and, and on Tennessee? I think, you know, I, I think you saved me. Uh, I, I forgot that Joe started at Vanderbilt, uh, but I don't know if we can count that as a true road game. You really can't because um, it was all Tennessee fans. Yeah. <clears throat> But then when, when Joe was starting at Michigan, it was 2020, uh, and I don't know if the Big Ten allowed any fans. Uh, no. So what what effect do you think the crowd could have? Um, as I like to say uh, here in the South, and you know it, uh, college football is a religion and church is at 7, 7 o'clock on Saturday night, but the communion begins earlier, way earlier than that, <laughs> early in the morning. A lot of communion, <laughs> a lot of communion <laughs> on the Saturdays. Multiple uh, trips, yeah, multiple trips. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna play a factor. I, Tennessee at Georgia last year. Now you know it's like eight, two, eight, no teams. You know who's gonna go represent the? I mean, a huge game, huge game. Uh, and so was this, but I mean that was that was a massive game. Tennessee did not handle the crowd noise well at all. I mean there were mm. multiple procedural penalties, um, and, and you hadn't seen that from Tennessee all year long. So. That's kind of the game. That's the kind of the point of reference I always think back on anytime you're going into a hostile environment. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, of course, of course, you know, Hendon Hooker's not here. And, but getting Cooper Mays back this week, and, and Josh Heupel yeah. said in his Thursday press conference, he's been practicing all week. He anticipates he'll be going. Now, is he going to be out there every single snap? I doubt it. I, sure. I, can, I seriously doubt it because, I mean, the guy can't be in great shape. He hadn't done anything in so long. So, but just having him out there, um, three-year starter he is the most important player in this offense outside of the quarterback because he sets the tempo I think that'll be huge in terms of you know getting everybody in sync you know starting the calls and the operation everything from the center position but no doubt I mean, Florida's that be been a, going through that with Kingsley Walken yeah you know, exactly they're, they're yeah both getting their center back kind of parallel storylines here for Tennessee and uh, Florida in that regard but that will be a storyline and if Tennessee can that's kind of one of my keys of the game if Tennessee can you know, get off to a, a hot start and, yeah. and kind of quiet the crowd, take the energy out just a little bit. I think that'd be huge for Tennessee moving forward because mm-hmm. I think that'll play a factor. Sold out crowd. It's interesting. Florida, I, I've said on this show and, and leading up to both games, I don't think Florida can play from behind. Um, they've lost mm-hmm. the coin flip both games and both teams have deferred. And if I'm Josh Heupel and I win the coin toss Saturday, send me that ball. We're going to no. score first and, and we're going to be the pace car uh, at Daytona Speedway, can you keep up with us? Um, real quick, do they calling plays? Are, are they 
cards, hand signals. How is that? Because I think that, you know, when you're in your first road game might be something offensively you might tweak or, or change or work on. Uh, typically it's signals. They signaled in from the uh, sideline. Okay. First couple of plays of the drives, typically scripted. Um, but they'll they'll have about four guys on the sideline doing the hand signals. Three of them are dummies. One's live. Yeah, and they uh, they switch it up pretty much every quarter, I would imagine, or something like that. Maybe every drive, but uh, typically signals. So that'll that'll be big in terms of dealing with the crowd noise. Good stuff. And and final things for you, uh, Eric. As as you look at this matchup on Saturday, you've you know now talked about it at length this week. Uh, how do you see it playing out? Either way. How does Tennessee win this game in your mind? How does Tennessee lose your game, lose this game in your mind? For Tennessee to win this game, I think uh, just kind of following the um, kind of following the the blueprints for, from Utah, right? Get, get a lead, get a, get an mm-hmm. early lead. It doesn't have to be three or four touchdowns. I'm not saying I don't think that's going to happen, but get a lead and and put the pressure on Florida, hold that lead, and then see if Florida can battle back. You know, with throwing the football. I think that would be a winning formula for Tennessee. Losing the football game, if Florida shuts down the run and Tennessee can't get anything going in the passing game, if Florida mm. slows the run down, and you you know you can't just ride your you know, Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, and you've got to get some chunk plays down the field, and this offense is continuously still out of sync, you know, throwing the football. Um, yeah, you know, that's how Tennessee loses this game, in my opinion. So we'll see if they, they can bounce back. We'll see what this run game looks like. Um, one thing about Joe Milton, he is not putting the ball in harm's way. Um, he had one bad throw where he did that against Virginia. He didn't do that in 2022 when he played. He hasn't so far this year. And, and that's, that's good. That's something to build on because we've seen, <laughs> seen a lot of quarterbacks here in the past, you know, since, uh, since Josh Dobbs that, you know, just continuously make the wrong decisions and put the ball in harm's way. That's not Joe Milton. So um, we'll see if that can get in sync this week. But I think if they slow the run game down and the passing game does not respond, then I think that's how Tennessee loses. One more thing on Joe, uh, and I don't know if you've had a chance to speak with him this week or um, he's ever addressed this with the media, um, but kind of a two-part question. One, do you think he has any motivation for the way that this game went the last time that he came here? And he didn't play too well in the swamp, and Hennon kind of, you know, kind of took off from from that point on, and and, and kind of became the full time starter. Um, and, and more, you know, a kind of a deeper layer. The fact, and I don't know how much you're familiar with this, but I mean, he was recruited by Florida pretty heavily, and you know, was looking at them. Is you think there's any personal motivation in this game for Joe because of you know where he's from, and and, and obviously how that game went the last time he came here. Shout out Logan Ward for trashing me in the comments over here. I actually know that clown, so I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, it, it's funny because Joe kind of got hurt, kind of got benched, whatever you want to call it. It was uh, the game before uh, coming down here, so like he really didn't even have an opportunity. That was kind of his first game from the sidelines, um, you know, kind of getting benched and knowing you're right. Hinton Hooker kind of took off and and never relinquished that, so. Yeah, I think that was a I think that was a difficult time for him for sure, and, and I do think that he's going to kind of use that as motivation, knowing he's from the state of Florida. I know we had that comments sometime over the summer. You know, he's from Florida. You know, played well in the Orange Bowl. Doesn't like to lose in Florida. He's going to have tons, tons of family members in attendance. I think he's going to be amped up and energized and ready to go. So for him, like I think he needs to you know, throw a touchdown immediately. I think he needs yeah. to get sacked. 
something just to jar him and, and kind of let him let him settle in a little bit because this is a big moment for Joe Milton. And a lot of that is how do you manage it? Yeah, how yeah. do you manage the emotion? You know, yeah. is that first pass exactly. 175 miles an hour directly at the safety? You know, over the head of somebody. Um, I think Josh Heupel is is phenomenal. Um, it, Tennessee's a fun offense to watch, and, and that's a credit to him. Um, they did a great job recruiting quarterbacks. If if Florida, if Tennessee comes in and, and Joe Milton looks bad, and Florida wins the game, and fans can point to Joe Milton's play, what is the the Nico Hive looking like for for Tennessee fans? And, and what would it take for a switch? Or is is jo- is this Josh Heupel's guy? Oh uh, yeah, it's going to get loud. <laughs> it's good. the Nico chants are going to get loud if that's the mm. case. Um, just because, you know, who he is, you know, on three, had him as the number one player in the country, you know, five-star, the NIL guy, you know, all that type of stuff, just who he is. Any, I mean, we, we said this all off season, the first incompletion Joe Milton throws are going to be <laughs> Nico chance. Yeah. So, you know, knowing that the way that the season started in terms of the passing game, not being in sync. And if you go down and lay an egg in Gainesville and you lose, and you like you said, you can point to the play, the quarterback then that conversation is going to get really loud. I'm not saying he'll get benched right there, but mm-hmm. the conversation will get loud and you know it'll be it'll it'll be certainly a narrative and a talking point moving forward through the season. No doubt. Well, we've we've covered a lot of talking points with you, Eric. We really appreciate the time and perspective on the Vols. Uh we always look forward to when this uh rivalry gets here because we know that uh SEC ball is uh is about to get started. So um Good luck to all the rest of your coverage this week. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you and uh, and watch your podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Any Florida fans right now that want to know more about Tennessee, the personnel, the matchups, the schemes, uh, VolQuest.com. I know that I- I've been in Gators online all week long, what you know, reading and following y'all's word just to try to get prepared for this game. And uh, we'd like to do the same for, for you guys and your subscribers. So uh, that's VolQuest.com. Super excited about this game. I love this rivalry. Love Tennessee, yeah. Florida. This is, you know, growing up, this is the big one for, you know, people in my demographic. So, uh, big time game coming up. Can't wait. And uh, we'll see you down there. Hopefully, tell your board, the I, SEC... tell your board I said hello. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Hopefully, the, uh, the, the SEC expands to uh, nine games so that we can uh, mm-hmm. keep this on the docket. Yeah, I'd love for that to happen for sure. So, and, and then that means we get to keep visiting with you every year, Eric. So, that, that, yeah. let's, let, let that be the goal. And we get Nick over at VolQuest. I mean, just, everybody's, it's the a win-win, win-win. you know? <laughs> Beautiful. So, we appreciate it, Eric. Take care, buddy. Right. See you guys. Thank you, Eric. All right, Eric Kane uh, from VolQuest.com. Uh, great stuff from him. Encourage you guys to head over to that site and uh, read up more on Tennessee as we get closer and closer to kickoff on Saturday. Before we get to our keys to the game, I want to give a shout-out to our next sponsor, PrairieDental.com. The doctor is a UF grad who's practiced in Gainesville for three decades and has developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems, along with advanced skills and knowledge to provide more effective and efficient care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of personalized care options to meet your individual needs. Give their office a call at 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you and your new patient exam will be free. Now, before we get into uh, our final segment, we've got to jump over to the comment section 
Uh, we've got a lot of questions. Uh, appreciate Ray's fan for um, for asking that question that we were able to uh, throw Eric's way. We've got Harrison in in here saying uh, get the running game and EW three going early in the game. More uh, Wildcat Nick. Shoot, I, I I don't know. You're gonna have to be creative. Listen, if if Tennessee and part of what makes this such an interesting game is it happens so early. Like we don't have a lot of answers. Like Florida played a really good Utah team or a team in Utah that we think is good. Um, Tennessee hasn't really played anybody yet. So like, there's a bunch of questions we don't know is Tennessee's run defense. They were really good last year. Are mm. they as good or better this year? I, I'm not going to look at, at Virginia uh, or, or their other opponents and say, yeah, yeah, they're going to be able to shut Florida down. But if Florida can't run the ball, I think going to Trey Wilson as, you know, an outlet guy or some gadget plays, some ways to throw uh, Tennessee off, get the ball out quick. I think that certainly uh, should be in the game plan this week. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get him going. Uh, uh, Billy said when I, we asked him on Monday, I think it was about that new wrinkle that they unveiled Saturday, that they're, finding unique ways to get him the ball each and every week. So I'd look for that to happen early and often. And as we talked about earlier in the show, Harrison, they got to run the ball. Um, that's been a, a trademark of this series. Whoever wins the rushing battle usually wins the game. Uh, and Stafford, Matthew Stafford, potentially watching the Gators online show. Maybe he's been, I don't know. Uh, he wants to know, can Florida's young DBs handle Tennessee's wide receivers? one-on-one i think jason marshall can um i I definitely you know like what i've seen from kimber so far and the gators get Mm -hmm. Devin Moore back this week and you know they're jakeem jackson man he was one he's got i got one of my game balls from the last matchup he had two pass breakups in that game i think he was one of if not florida's highest graded defender um in the secondary and had like ridiculous pass Mm-hmm. grade against uh against McNeese albeit but he, again he he played very well I think Florida's should should do I mean we'll get into this uh, you know once we get into our keys Nick but I mean I uh I don't know what you you think but uh I think Florida's defense and uh, specifically their passing defense which has been really really good to start the season mm-hmm. is going to be able to have some success uh, right now they're they're ranked Number one uh, in the SEC and eighth nationally, only giving up 115 yards a game. Yeah. Uh, listen, if, if I'm going to talk about Tennessee's opponents, uh, half of that is uh, McNeese as well. Um, is- but, like, it's, it's like I made a comment uh, during our Q&A that, like, I don't know that Tennessee has great linebacker depth. But I could say that about Florida's defensive backs, and Florida fans would probably rip me. And it's that we think – Jakeem Jackson is going to be great. We think Jalen Kimber is a really good player. We think, but they're young players that are unproven on a stage like this. So, like, yeah, I think Jakeem Jackson can handle that spotlight and can handle those guys in a one-on-one. Um, but I haven't seen it yet. So I think there's just a, like I said right like you know, a second ago, I think there's just a lot of unknowns. Um, and from what Eric said, that's a situation that Tennessee and Josh Heupel want to manufacture. Um, and if Florida is going to, in my opinion, sell out to try to slow down this Tennessee rushing attack and, and to make Joe Milton beat you with his arm, 
then you're going to get we're going to we're going to get an answer to this. Saturday, yeah, we are Saturday night. Yeah, they're going to put those guys in some one on one, some press uh, man and um, Jason Marshall and Kimber and more going to get to do what they like to do. Um, so um looking forward to that. And obviously, uh, as important defensively, how's Florida going to stop Tennessee's run game when Tennessee arguably has the best running back and uh, best running back room in the entire SEC? First of all, Nick, do you agree with that? I think Arkansas and Arkansas might have something to say about that. And maybe the Gators might have something to say about that. But do you, how does, first of all, how does Florida stop Tennessee's run game? Yeah, I think something I didn't even mention um, in my in my takeaways from the depth chart, Jamari Lyons is now in or at mm-hmm. nose tackle. Yes, um, he is. And, and listen, Cam Jackson, I think, had a good game. Uh, I didn't know where he was against Utah, um, had a family tragedy, um, and, and played really well against McNeese uh, yeah, following he that. Um, he's 370 pounds. Des Watson's north of 440. Tennessee's not subbing guys on offense. And, and I think when I look at jo- Jamari, a guy who we didn't really see last year because of a shoulder injury on his way into college, causing, he said in his own words, to get a little bit out of shape. Um, took him a while to get there. But, like, it seems like he's the Energizer Bunny. Made a tackle yeah, and then and then lost his dang mind, Zach. In, yeah, he uh, did. In, 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 in the end zone after the safety. I was on the so, field and I was like, what? That man screaming. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing for me, Florida's defense is better. One, just tackling. And, and yeah. I think it's impressive that it's early because I think even if you're going to be a good tackling team, you might be slow and have some missed tackles early on just because of the nature of the way teams practice now. Um, but Florida's been better defensively because I think everyone is fresh and because they have depth and because they're rotating guys in. So to me, if Tennessee takes that away, maybe you're struggling now because these guys are used to coming in and out and, and rotating and, and being fresh. What if you're going eight, nine plays uh, and, and, ha- and getting pushed around a little bit, how do you pick yourself up and, 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 and get a stop? So that's definitely going to be a key. And I think you'll see Florida probably dedicate an extra guy, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a nickel, whether it's a safety, Miguel Mitchell, um, I think is great creeping down and playing in the box. Jordan Castell can play in the box as well. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to dedicate, extra guys in the box this week um and, and going back to the last question we'll see more one-on-ones because of that because you can't if you're florida you can't just let tennessee dictate the pace which they're really good at um and, and push yeah. you around great 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 points from nick and and i i really like you know especially what he mentioned about lions i think having those right personnel groupings in there number one um you know i've been really impressed i wrote about it in my sideline takeaways from the McNeese game of just, you know, and this is not anything uh, new, but the way that those guys are running in and off the field, you know, he's got specific packages for specific downs and the way that he's using those players, Austin Armstrong um, has, has really impressed me because I feel like coaches talk about putting guys in position to have success and do what they Mm -hmm. do best, man, he's doing that. And um, I think that that's going to be key to be able to stop Tennessee's run game is, is kind of finding the right fits there. Uh, and, and most importantly, what they've done through the first two games, which is tackle well. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to not have a bunch of missed tackles. Um, they're going to need their linebackers to step up. 
Scooby Williams and um, and Shamar James that that pair from Alabama uh, with their with their DC from Alabama calling plays. Those, those guys have uh, been doing a great job. And, and another Alabama native, uh, Jaden uh, uh, Hill in the, yeah. in, in the in the star spot. I mean, you you got to have all those guys play physical, um, be in the right spots, uh, fit their run gaps, and and, and that's going to be a must. Because uh, like 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 Nick has said, and a lot of people throughout this comment section, you want to force Tennessee to try and beat you with Joe Milton's arm because that's mm-hmm. an advantageous situation for Florida. And, and if he does, he does. Um, yeah, but yeah, there are. I think that listen, Josh Heupel is a great offensive mind, and it's so funny because you always say like it's always like Josh Heupel versus Billy Napier, and it's like they're both offensive coaches are calling plays like it's it's josh heupel versus austin armstrong yeah who just turned 30 before the season started <laughs> and now we're going to get into our keys to the game uh you know we've alluded to some of these throughout the show uh some of you guys have mentioned them throughout the comment section appreciate you guys watching us live and joining us hopefully on your lunch break uh, getting ready to, to wind if, down toward the end of the if week. If you're in here, hit like because I think we've got less likes than people who are watching. So come on, cost, cost you nothing and it helps spread the show. We appreciate everyone for being here. Uh, like you said, Zach, probably on your lunch break. Nick, I want to get your opinion on this. It's been a big topic this week. Questions, a lot of questions asked to Florida, a lot of fans talking about it. And that's the tempo. Switch up the tempo. Can the Gators switch up the tempo? Can they go faster? Um, is that necessarily how Billy's going to attack them? Is that going to be his strategy? Is he going to play keep away? Is he going to try and, you know, the Gators, We as, as one of our, uh, someone pointed out in the comment section, uh, lead the SEC in time of possession. Is he going to try and hold that ball, establish that running game, which he needs to do, and play keep away from the balls? Or are the Gators going to go, uh, up tempo at times and try to keep pace with the volunteers. Uh, what is their best strategy in your mind, Nick? And how do you think Billy's going to play it? Not only do they lead the SEC in time of possession, but lead by four minutes. <laughs> Solid. Four minutes by four minutes per game. Um, my question is: is why? Why would you? You're not built like Tennessee why would you Tennessee wants to drag you into its game plan it yep. wants you to try to outscore us outplay us uh, and by that I mean like play try more more plays they want you to try to keep pace if if I'm Florida trying to keep pace with Tennessee one our offense isn't built like that I don't know no. that Florida is an explosive offense right now that can score quickly and is going to get to the line of scrimmage and call at plays least consistently Right. You can do it in spurts. And Billy said that, like, hey, we can do it at times. That's not what they are. It's not what they're good at. It's not what they Tennessee wants to do it all game long. That's Tennessee's DNA. Um, If I'm Florida, why am I feeding into that? I want I just talked about not being able to sub and and those guys. And I love saying this because I loved when Chris Rump told me it. He said, I learned at Alabama that. Uh, those big guys have one gas tank and there's no refilling it at halftime when they're tired, when they're done, they're done. If I'm Florida, what benefit does it for me? Is it for me to try to run as at Tennessee's tempo? Now you have a three and out Tennessee just had a really fast drive. And all of a sudden you're sending Jeremy Crawshaw out there and you're looking at the defense being like, well, boys, you're back in. Enjoy mm. it. 
So to me, it makes it, it does not behoove Florida or Billy Napier to try to play Tennessee's tempo game. And I yeah. don't expect uh, Billy to, you know, uh, try to match Josh Heupel in terms of uh, plays per second, plays per minute. No doubt. And, um, you know, I, I think that that, that kind of leads us into another key. And this is this is this is a key for every single week, for every single game, for every single team. But that's winning on third down. I think for Florida to execute what we just talked about, they're going to have to do that. Their defense is going to have to continue to get off the field on third down, which they've been able to do. And their offense is going to have to convert third downs and keep those long sustained drives alive, mm-hmm. kill the clock, uh, and to be able to control the game that way. If they you know, have trouble on third down, then that's going to allow Tennessee to, uh, to, to run up and down and go fast break on you. Yeah, Florida's third in the SEC right now, uh, 21.74 on third down, was nearly last in the entire country last year. Um, That's winning on first and second down, though, and that goes to the Tennessee running game. A lot easier um, to get Joe Milton and Tennessee off the field when it's third and 10, and now Joe has to throw or create with his legs, then third and two, and you have the entire playbook. Uh, at Josh Heupel's disposal. So it's not just third down. It's what are you doing on first and second down, keeping mm-hmm. Tennessee uh, off schedule. Uh, How many times do you put Tennessee in third down? <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you got to find that. And obviously when you get them in third down, you could potentially get Joe Milton in some uh, situations that could be costly. And the Gators are looking to force their first turnover or turnovers of the season on Saturday night. And to me, that is another key winning the turnover battle, but not just winning it, like having none on offense and at least one on defense. Or if you, you know, God forbid, if they do have a turnover on offense, you got to get two now defensively. Like they need to create some havoc for Joe Milton, find a way uh, to get that ball back. Yeah. And like, listen, fumbles are weird. I can't remember if it was like a bad snap, or a forced fumble, but the one in Utah uh, where the ball just like, it was like on a string and just came right back to uh, Nate. There's Nate Johnson came right back to him. Um, But that's something that for me, like we're two games in and Florida does, hasn't forced a turnover yet. They did get a safety against McNeese, but um, we've said it a bunch. This isn't a team that has a a wide margin of error. Um, If Florida loses the turnover battle, I, I don't know that they win the game. I think you're going to have to play sound procedurally, fundamentally, and win the turnover battle. You have to do all the little things right. Um, And and maybe like we talked with Eric about Tennessee, not handling Georgia going to Athens. Well, last year, maybe get some of that stuff, especially early on. If, if Tennessee, like I said, if I'm Josh Heupel and I win the toss, I'm taking the ball. And if our first snap, is a delay of game or we have to take a timeout or there's a false start. Uh, like the swamp is going to become an actual living human being <laughs> in terms <laughs> of how crazy the people are. Um, like, I think you might need Tennessee to, to stumble and maybe look like Florida did in their first road game with mm. procedural penalties. Great point. Great point. Well, Florida's probably going to have to do all that and more uh, to pull this off again, as we've talked about the margin for error is small, but I will say Tennessee looks beatable. Now, this is a game that Florida can easily lose, but sure. Tennessee looks beatable. You guys will have to stay tuned 
to GatorsOnline.com on Friday to figure out the staff picks from Geo. And uh, make sure that you guys stay locked with all of our coverage uh, this week and in the days to come. This is obviously going to be a huge recruiting weekend for Florida as well. Um, so stay locked with Keith and Corey and all of their coverage. want to give a shout-out to RogueShop.com before we close out this episode. And if you have any issues sleeping with cr- or chronic pain and or anxiety and stress, uh, Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC edibles, smokables, and vapes, as well as handcrafted bath soaps and candles. Uh, Rogue Shop is a true small business, has five employees, and makes all of their products with their own cannabis in their own manufacturing facility. RogueShop.com is where you can visit. That's R-O-G-U-E Shop.com. And that will do it for this week. I appreciate everybody that's followed along on all of our coverage so far this season, watching our videos on YouTube, uh, reading all of our stuff on Gators Online. we got a lot more coming this week. As uh, Nick has already mentioned, make sure that you like and subscribe. we got more videos coming in the days to follow. As soon as I leave here, as a matter of fact, I'm heading to the basketball facility to interview uh, Zion Pullen and Walter Clayton for the first time. Those videos will be up on the Gators Online channel. We'll have a bunch of uh, videos from game day like we did last Saturday. It might even be um, a new feature for Won't Back Down on Saturday night. So uh, make sure you're watching and, and following Gators Online for all that. Nick, you ready? Ready, ready, bro. I love Florida, Tennessee. This was, uh, you know, growing up in the uh, born in 88. I think you were born in 89. Growing up in the 90s, this was the game. Um, yeah. Great rivalry. Uh, be ready to hear uh, Rocky Top. Even if, <laughs> even if, even when Tennessee loses, you're going to hear Rocky Top. Yep. And uh, the, the players say that they're they're sick of it. So um, we'll see if they can come to Swamp on a Saturday night and get a dub so they don't have to hear that song too much and they keep their streak alive at home. Nine straight. They're going to try and make it 10, 10 in a row. 10 straight. It'll be 11. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been 20 years now. So the Gators are trying to to, to get it done. Uh, 7 p.m., sold-out crowd. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Make sure you guys stay locked with Gators Online for all of your pre- and post-game coverage. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.